Warning, the podcast you are about to listen to will contain detailed health spoilers. If you do not wish to have the movie ruined for you, I recommend turning your podcast off now. Also, the podcast will contain graphic and explicit language. If you don't think your ears can handle it, turn the podcast off and go change your tampon. You have been warned. Welcome back to the Movie Pit. This is your host, Ryan, and joined again, as always, Seth. What up, y'all? So, tonight, we reached the point we've been going at in the last four weeks. We reached the end of the Halloween, this new timeline with Halloween ends. But before we get into that, what have we been watching this week? Uh, Let's see here. I watched uh, VH1 and number two, or VHS, not VH1. Nice. (laughs) Yeah, it'd be uh, nice to watch VH1 again. At least you could get to see some music videos on yeah, TV. That would, yeah, that would be great. I like popped up pop up video. <laughs> that that was great. Um, but they were okay. I don't know. There was like a little bit of hype or something about them, but they were they were what yeah. they were. You know what I recommend them. I, I guess. I mean, if you want to waste some time? Yeah, just they're to see them. they're niche films. Yeah, so I think they're worth a the a look see. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I started the ABCs of Death. Um, I have enjoyed what I've seen so far. Um, that is such a bonkers movie. <laughs> yeah. I love just all the different creativity with it. It's it's, it's amazing. I, I'm enjoying it so far. <clears throat> anything else? Um, I can't think of anything else. I've watched a bunch of shit. I just can't think of them right now. I should write them down, but I don't. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> well, what about you? Watch Ghoulies. Just to go back to the 80s again, I love that fucking movie, even though it's hokey as fucking, it, in all actuality, it's a terrible movie, but it's so bad, it's fucking good. Heck, yeah. I did watch Terrifier 2. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. It's definitely more over the top than the first one. All right. <laughs> I'll give it that. It's definitely more over the top than the first one. Um but the reports of people fainting in the theaters and shit. Maybe I'm just so desensitized. Probably, yeah. It didn't phase me one bit. I got a fucking kick out of it. Like, it's definitely more hardcore. Art the Clown is much more fucking sadistic in this movie. Yeah. Like, he, like, the kills are a lot more extended. Let's put it that way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a lot more extended. Which obviously makes them uh, way more hilarious. Uh, yeah. And, and the movie comes in at two hours and 20 minutes. Dude, that's a lot that's of fucking a, murdering. Yeah, and I need to watch the movie again because I have no fucking clue what happened in that movie. <laughs> so, like, you couldn't find a plot? Oh, there's a plot. I just don't understand the plot. <laughs> <laughs> like, I kill things very gruesomely. That's the plot. And, and, like, there, and it goes to some point where it's like there's supernatural elements to it, which makes sense because... You've, if you've seen the first one, 
a lot of shit happens that you would say, how the hell did they make a sequel? Uh, like this movie is just fucking like, I, I use the term bat shit crazy. That is literally the only way I have to describe this fucking movie. It is bat shit. Like there's no rhyme or reason for it. It was literally like the success of the first movie. Screenbox and bloody disgusting went to Damien Leone. It was like, would you like to make another one? And we'll give you free reign to do whatever <laughs> the fuck you want to do. <laughs> you have no boundaries. You can do whatever the hell you want to do. We're going to release it in theaters completely unrated. Then we're going to put it on our fucking streaming platform screen, screen box. It's like a movie that was made just to get a reaction out yeah. of audiences. He's like, well, when you put it that way, I guess I'll do another one. Yeah, twist my arm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, snap it in half and twist it off. But it is good to see Art back out there in the horror movie scene because okay. Art the Clown is just fucking hilarious. Yeah, he was missed by the community. <laughs> <laughs> but that's pretty much all the new shit that I've watched. Um, there hasn't been a whole lot that I've wanted to see in the last couple of days, but... Eh. We'll see what tomorrow brings. Yeah. There's it, always something new. Anything like previews that you saw of upcoming things? Um, no, I did. You said you did watch the um, Spirit Store. Yeah. So that's out. I can find that. <laughs> that is out. There, okay. Yeah. So that, I think right now that's on my to watch list. Yeah. And actually, I think it's up on Amazon Prime right now. Uh, oh, okay. I, I believe. You. I believe. Don't quote me on that yet. If it's not now, it should be by the end of the week. <laughs> On the vein that we've been talking about the last few weeks of like the Winnie the Pooh horror movie, the Grinch horror movie. Discovered a new one today that yes. seems a little interesting. All right, I'm all ears. It's called Gil Stay Away from Oz. <laughs> Wizard of the Oz. Like so Wizard now it's gonna be a horror Wizard of the uh, Wizard of the Wizard of Oz. I can't fucking talk. But Hell I yes. watched the trailer. I'm a little less excited about this one. Yeah, I mean, the concept, but fuck the budget. But I, I, I will give it a watch. It's something I have to watch. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, if there's nothing else before... Uh, oh, I, I do remember I watched The Blob. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the original. The original with Steve McQueen. Oh, my God, that was wonderful. It, it, isn't it like the fucking the shitty... The, the effects that they used yeah made that movie fucking great it was jelly i'm sure <laughs> you know but it was so men <clears throat> it was this menacing ass jelly like that like when you see the blob and it's probably about the size of you know maybe like a, two, a basketball or maybe a little bit bigger than a kickball uh -huh. and you know they're like the the nurse like sees it and she like screams and like falls over all dramatically but it's just sitting there not doing anything at yeah. all i mean they added yeah. so much drama and like just like horror like their version of horror uh, to this menacing blob of nothingness. Um, yeah, it was great. I, I loved it. It was the acting was what, you know, what you're going to expect from that kind of time period from what I'm realizing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Step could be a bunch of fucking uh, superimposed shit. Miniatures. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was great. Uh, not to go into a fucking blob review. I'm down. what do you think about the, the big scene where everyone's fleeing the colonial theater. Like that's the most iconic scene in that movie. Yeah. That blew my mind. I am used to these like little shitty theaters that we got here, but like I thought they were just being dramatic about how many people were really in the theater, but no, it turns out that's, that's really how fucking big they are. 
Um, oh yeah, old school theaters were all single screen. That, in my opinion, that's the way it should always remain. But there's people out there that differ because they want to be able to see more than one movie at one time. Yeah, whatever. Which I think is stupid because you can't watch more than one movie at one time. <laughs> Fuck what everybody else is doing. <laughs> it's all about me. I got a couple of clones and some cameras. <laughs> <laughs> okay, with all of that, let's uh, listen to the trailer and get right into 2022's Halloween Ends. <laughs> different. He's more dangerous. Halloween night in 2019, 21-year-old Corey Cunningham is babysitting a young boy, Jeremy, who pulls a prank on Corey by locking him inside the attic. Just as Jeremy's parents come home, Corey kicks the door open and accidentally knocks Jeremy over the staircase railing to his death. Corey is accused of intentionally killing Jeremy, but is cleared of manslaughter. Three years down the road, the town of Haddonfield, Illinois is still reeling from the aftermath of Michael Myers' latest killing spree in 2018 while Michael has vanished. Laurie Strode is writing a memoir, having bought a new house and living with Alice and her granddaughter, who is now a nurse. 
Meanwhile, Corey is working at a stepfather's salvage yard. On his way home one day, he is taunted by high school bullies and injures himself in the process. An observing Lori brings him to the doctor's office where Allison works. Allison and Corey develop a relationship and later attend a Halloween party where Corey is confronted by Jeremy's mother. After having an argument with Allison, Corey leaves the party and runs into the bullies once again, who throw him off a bridge. He is dragged into the sewers and confronted by Michael, who eventually lets him go. On the way out, Corey is confronted by a homeless man. In the struggle, Corey stabs the man to death and flees. Corey and Allison go on a dinner date, but Allison's ex-boyfriend, police officer Doug Mullaney, shows up and harasses them both. Corey later lures the cop into the sewer. Michael emerges and kills Doug to Corey's delight. Allison is passed over for a promotion at work in favor of a fellow nurse who is having an affair with the doctor. Corey then kills the doctor at his home while the nurse is killed by Michael. An annoying Allison plans to leave Haddonfield with an insistent Corey because of the past trauma, while Lori becomes increasingly suspicious of Corey. After finding him sleeping in the spot Jeremy died, Lori offers to help him in condition that he distanced himself from Allison. Corey retorts to blame her for the events that have occurred in Haddonfield and says if he cannot have Allison, no one will. On October 31st, Corey returns to the sewers and successfully fights Michael for his mask. Meanwhile, Lori and Allison argue as she plans to leave and Allison too blames Lori for Michael's actions. That night, Corey embarks on a rampage, murdering the bullies after luring them to the salvage yard and accidentally killing his stepfather. He then goes on to kill his mother, as well as a DJ at a local radio station who had taunted him earlier in the film. At the Stroh house, Lori fakes a suicide attempt to lure Corey to her, whom she shoots down the stairs. Corey then stabs himself in the neck to frame Lori for his death in front of the arriving Allison. Michael suddenly arrives and kills Corey. A fight ensues, and Lori manages to pin Michael to the table. After a struggle, Allison arrives to help subdue and finally kill him. Lori and Allison take his body to the salvage yard by police escort, attracting the residents of Haddonfield, who follow them in the procession, and dispose of it in an industrial shredder. In the ensuing days, Allison and Lori reconcile, and Allison leaves Haddonfield, while Lori finishes her memoir and rediscovers her romance with Deputy Hawkins as credits roll. So, I have a lot of opinions on this, so I'm going to let you go first. I like to hope and think that we have a lot of the similar uh, opinions on this. <laughs> I think we're going to have an interesting debate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I don't know. I'm Because I'm comparing it to the one we just saw before, and... It, you know, which one was better, which one was worse. I think they were both equally on kind of the suck side. There was enough. I wrote I wrote enough things down that just ended and sucked. <laughs> um, him living in the sewer was awful. The look oh, of the, I, we will definitely discuss that. <laughs> yeah, you know, the look of death, you know, which like essentially transferred, I guess, maybe the murder energy into um, what's what's the fucking kid's name? Corey. Corey. Corey and Corey kind of like becoming this like oh I'm gonna be your little protege or I'm gonna be like a copycat or like I'm a, I'm it was like a I don't know the movie it's like a reverse superhero like where the you know the villain is born or essentially wanted to be born 
I, yeah, I can agree with you. I'm happy Michael killed him. You know, it was kind of unfair for Lori to try to get that from him. <laughs> he stole his mask, dude. He can't fucking do that. <clears throat> I'll say this. I saw this in theaters the day it came out. I'm happy we didn't record this the day after because this would be a much more angry review. <laughs> Let's put it that way. You know, I'm still... I've watched it two more times. So I've had time to simmer and get through some shit that really still pisses me off, but I'm no longer like so like boiling over with rage. <laughs> you and your therapist have been making progress, I see. But I'm happy that it's not just me. <laughs> and the numbers prove it. Yeah. When this movie came out, opening weekend came out number one to $40 million domestic. That's not including overseas. Okay. The following weekend came in at number four at $8 million. That is an 80% drop yeah. in one week. That means people were seeing it and telling their friends Word of mouth means a lot, <laughs> yeah. 100%. It, especially with horror movies. Yeah. Ooh. So I'm happy I'm not the only one that thought this was a fucking pile of shit. Yeah. Did, do you because know what it cost? Because uh, the budget on this one was $33 million. Okay. So they made their money back. Well. Hollywood accounting, no movie has ever made its money back. Oh. That way you don't have to pay your your directors and shit royalties and stuff like that. Because if you're still in debt in the negative, we can't pay you anymore. Oh, that's awesome. Oh yeah. I own your soul. Hollywood hypocrisy. Yeah. <laughs> that would explain the Baphomet as like when he dies the as, as above, so below. Yeah. When you see his arms up and down like that. Uh, yeah. Okay, so let's just uh step Step through this movie. Okay. One by one. We start off a, a year after the events of the last one. First thing that pissed me the fuck off. Okay. There's no resolution at all to the end of the first movie. Like, Karen gets killed off, like, unceremoniously. And maybe Judy Greer was the luckiest one of, the, of them all. She got killed in the previous movie, so she didn't have to appear in this movie. Yeah, good call on her behalf. <laughs> but they, aside coming. from Lori saying, he killed my daughter. That's all you fucking hear about. Yeah, and they just like continue their lives. Like <laughs> yeah. a year goes, come and gone, and everybody's like, oh, everything's fine. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. and, and then we, like I said, we open up Halloween night a year later to this dumb dorky ass 21 one he's a male babysitter who's 21 years old that is creepy as fuck for one uh but why start off the movie with a character that nobody fucking knows nobody fucking cares about and he sucks too he wasn't his acting sucks his oh, character yeah, his, sucks yeah I, that dude is like this wasn't a halloween movie no. And we'll get into that a little further down the line here. <laughs> There's so much to cover. Um, and that kid that fucking he's babysitting. Yeah. I will say this. I'm happy he died. He had some Franklin He was energy. a fucking. Yeah. Yeah. From the first time he opens his mouth. But. And I like when the parents are leaving. Like the mom is giving off really creepy. Cougar, cougar yeah. flirty vibes yeah. to fucking Corey. And like Corey kind of seems oblivious to it, and she just keeps amping it up, amping it up, amping it up until they fucking leave. Yeah. So they're 
they're watching. This is what I was talking about when we uh, covered the 78 one. The kid wants to watch a monster flick, so they're watching John Carpenter's The Thing on TV. Fuck yes. And I, I just think that's a nice callback to the original movie where they were watching The Thing from another world. I always like when they do shit like that in movies. So let's get to where I think Corey was going to get some milk, see some, like, I assume it was like pumpkin bread sitting on the countertop, goes to cut it, and then he hears racket. Something falls, can't find Jeremy, so... Going throughout the house, at one point he finds a knife on the stairs, he picks it up, ends up getting locked in the attic upstairs, and as the synopsis said, little Jeremy goes over the fucking banister. Yeah, motherfucker got and, yeeted. And the motherfucker bounced. Yeah, yeah. oh my god, that's He got some rebound. Well, dude, when he hit, it was just like, <laughs> and I was like, okay, well played. That okay. was, that was so a great thought. Question number one. What architect in their right mind would have a door that opened out that close to a railing on the top floor. Well, I mean, honestly, like you just said, we wanted that kid to die from the beginning. <laughs> so I think the architect is like, look, I got, I bet there's going to be a good chance that an annoying ass little kid's going to live here. And if someone gets locked in, we got to make sure that they get blasted right the fuck over the edge. And hopefully they die in front of their parents. <laughs> I mean, it was like a real Batman story. Yeah. And the point number two to this opening sequence they're in rural, suburban, like rural, small town, Haddonfield, Illinois. How big is this fucking house? Yeah, dude. Four stories tall. From the outside, you only see like two windows. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but when they look up the staircase, it's like, it's a Jesus fuck- fucking Christ. It's like a three story, four story mall. Yeah, it was a TARDIS house, dude. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly it's what the fuck it was. Fucking, like, just because it looks cool on screen doesn't mean it's fucking practical right. at all. Like, nothing in this was fucking practical. And where I say this is not a Halloween film, as soon as that title sequence started. Oh, what the fuck was that? That music playing during the Universal thing? That was bullshit. That took away any seriousness that I had for the movie right from the get-go. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, and... Like the f- whole introduction of this new Haddonfield radio station. Uh-huh. The only reason why they fucking did that was to get another fucking victim for not even Michael. Yeah. Michael doesn't even get a fucking victim. <laughs> yeah. Michael kills three motherfuckers in this movie. Yeah. That is less than 1978. Yeah. Less than the original. Corey gets fucking 14 kills in this. But let me simmer down. <laughs> The title sequence with the pumpkins and shit like that. I knew what fucking dumbass David Gordon Green was doing with this movie. What's that? The f- Did you notice how the font looked a lot different than the previous movies? Mm-hmm. It wasn't the orange font. Didn't look like your standard Halloween font. Yeah. That was the font from fucking Halloween 3 Season of the Witch. The one that had no fucking Michael Myers in it. Oh, dude. <laughs> That's a burn. <laughs> literally it's a slap in the fucking face <laughs> he's like you know what i'm gonna take away michael i mean he's still gonna be in it kind he's gonna cameo and then we're gonna have this that's literally what michael little... is he doesn't show up to the yeah. 42 minute fucking mark yeah it was, <laughs> it was trash dude like if you go see a movie called halloween halloween ends the final battle between michael and laurie have the final battle be the movie not the last 
four minutes of the goddamn flick. Yeah, it would have been better if it was like, yeah, throughout the whole entire film, like menacing, like them fucking yeah. with each other. I mean, apparently she's got some of his powers now. So it would have been cool if they could have kind of been like tricky on each other. And yeah. And then. The, and like I said, the fuck. If, the kid sucks so much, dude. We'll talk more about the scene when we get there, but I want to bring this up. And I didn't even think about it watching the trailers to this movie. Mm-hmm. The trailer tells you what the movie fucking is. Oh. Like, because in the trailer, instead of you didn't really, when Lori pretends to commit suicide, but actually just shot a pumpkin and blew it, splattered against the wall. Right. Then they go in, in the trailer, you're to believe it's Michael, because this is Halloween ends, their final battle. That's who you would assume it to and be, is attacking her. Door, it says, I've been waiting for you. And with the gun pointed at him. Yeah. So they did change the line of dialogue for this movie where mm-hmm. it was, you didn't think I'd commit suicide, but they didn't change the shot of the door opening. When you see the door opening, the hand that would be Michael's has five fingers. Oh, uh, dead giveaway. Yes. Michael lost two in the first of this new trilogy. <laughs> so that made absolutely no fucking sense. And then we had, after the title sequence, the montage crap is fucking Lori's sobbing over her memoirs. Like The last thing we want in a Halloween movie is Jamie Lee Curtis's Lori Strode being a fucking narrator. Oh, you, yeah, that was awful. You don't want a narrator in a slasher flick at all. And like a little bit more meaningful, like the 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 kind of like love connection that they started doing between her and the sheriff right yeah and they kind they started it in the last one and they did more of that in this one i could have done fucking fifth time they mentioned goddamn cherry blossoms i wanted to blow my brain oh my god i just there was uh, where was the killing like where was the fun parts the killing was in my soul yeah (laughs) yeah that's where it was (laughs) so after the flashback sequence after laurie does her montage we get to see Corey Cunningham in 2022. And apparently, Corey works at his stepfather's salvage yard, junkyard, mechanic shop, all of the above. And that's really what gave this movie away to me. David Gordon Green and Danny McBride were not making a Halloween sequel. They were remaking John Carpenter's Christine. I haven't seen Christine. Christine was a book. Written by Stephen King that John Carpenter turned into a movie. Okay. It's about a boy named Arnie Cunningham who gets bullied at school, falls in love with it, get, buys a car, he calls Christine, falls in love with it, takes it to a salvage yard, car becomes possessed, takes him over, transfers energy into him. Okay. <laughs> and just goes on a murder spree and a lot of that takes place in the salvage yard Mm. does that sound familiar to the movie we just watched there was definitely salvage yard (laughs) and there was transference of energy from something evil to something not evil and there was murder yeah (laughs) well and the fuck the character's name from christine is arnie cunningham this character is Corey cunningham maybe they're related dude maybe it's all in the same universe right they're cousins bro i'm and like there was literally a quote in um, on an online article I saw that David Gordon Green didn't want to have too much fan service in this movie. He thought it was 
he, he thought there was enough fan service in this movie. Where's the fan service? If you want fan service, give us more Michael. Yeah. That's what we want from this installment in the franchise. Well, there was a couple of scenes where I was kind of pumped that they did some actually relatively cool camera angles, like the reflection of like the, that bulbous mirror right there in the beginning. And then even some of the shots, like just from around the house, I was like, okay, cool. I'm expecting them to do like callbacks uh-huh. to where you get to see that. And it's the, you know, you see his reflection or something, or you know what I mean? And none of the, none yeah. of that. Uh, but I mean, they did it, but just not in the scenes that I guess you would expect them to do it in. Yeah. And I like the dynamic in that first scene because it's the first time you get to see him and the stepfather interact. Mm -hmm. The stepfather gives him a motorcycle. And you could tell that this guy really does care about his stepson. Right. And uh, he makes a joke about, well, maybe if you have a motor underneath, you'll be able to get to work on time. So next, this is another one that really scrambled my brain. Corey goes to a convenience store to get a glass of yoohoo he's confronted by four high school seniors who eventually start to bully him and the 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 main guy is trying to fucking sound like a fucking jersey good fella it's like (laughs) fucking terrible but here's the thing this gang of hooligans they're fucking marching band geeks. Yeah, and he's getting uh, like, bullied I, by them. Whoo! I'm I'm scared. Yeah, I, I remember all, every day in fucking high school being terrified, like walking past. Like if you see the group of marching band kids, like don't go near them. If you you confront them, they're gonna start circling you, doing formations and shit. Who is scared of a band geek? Maybe that they, they did that on purpose to show how much of a bitch uh, this Corey kid is. And that he can get bullied by these asshole, apparently cool band geeks. Like, the the way they wrote those characters was just so fucking, like, the one character looks more like, the leader looks more like a jock. The one girl's wearing the marching band uniform. The other two look like fucking stoners. (laughs) Yeah, they were the cool ones. They're they're modern day ones. Now they're all hip to the jive. Oh my god, it was so fucking They want beer. They bully a kid older than them. They make fun of him because he's uh, maybe that's just it. Maybe that is the essence of Michael. He just makes every, he makes even band geeks assholes. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he does because he brought a darkness to the town. I mean, she even kind of explains it how like everybody turned on each other and like you oh, know. Yeah. But again, hang on. The just like you said, it's been one fucking year and they're having people watch their kids so they could go to a goddamn Halloween party. Like he's still out there. Like. Wouldn't they be on fucking goddamn like lockdown or like no we're not gonna go do that he's still fucking out there it's been one year yeah sorry that that, that just no clicked I, into I me for a second I just fucking agree <laughs> like people's like priorities in this movie are so she even fucking, talks about him yeah ever since Michael he's been afraid oh well because he's not around I guess he just went to Reno yeah. and now he's got a gambling addiction no dude. Yeah, sorry. No, we'll find out later that he became the mole man of Haddonfield. Oh, my God. Dude, that Teenage Mutant Ninja murder bullshit (laughs) that he did in that. Oh, my God. (laughs) So the next scene we get is Frank and uh, first time Frank and Lori face to face in this movie. And the first time we hear about cherry blossoms. I like your face. I mean, I'm sorry. I like to see your face. She did that. I like (laughs) Grabbed her hair like she was an idiot little school, like teenager. And I know Jamie Lee Curtis can act a hell of a lot better than that. Yeah, she didn't want to, dude. I feel, I kind and of then as she's her. leaving the store, this is where you see how fucked because you already see how the town, like the community, treats Corey for because of the kid because he got off on the manslaughter charges because obviously he didn't intend on killing the kid. 
But this time you get to see like some ladies like, what are you smiling about? What'd you buy in there? Look what he did. And this is really pissed me off. Look what he did to my sister. And that's the girl that took the fucking fluorescent tube in the last movie to the fucking throat. Oh, bleeding out everywhere. She survived. She and that was one of 28 deaths in Halloween Kills. And this movie takes a kill away from Michael. He already has only has three kills in this, and now you're going to take one away from him from the previous fucking movie? Yeah, it was bullshit. Give me a fucking break. Yeah, he should have raged for that one. He should have killed that one. Everybody twice. keeps saying that Lori has taunted him. When did he she taunt him? No, it was the journalist that taunted him, right? Isn't that what really yes. happened? Yeah. And the later on, but the then again, it's miscommunication. Says, you fucking teased a mentally handicapped man, and look what happened. When did they say ever in the franchise that they say he was mentally handicapped? Because because I told you he's on the spectrum, dude. That's what I've been saying since the first. Yes, one. he went to they a fight. fucking psychiatric hospital because a six year old child doesn't fucking kill their sister out of nothing. But he wasn't crazy. He was fucking evil. Yeah. Um, do you think that it made a bond between uh, Corey and Michael because they they're both both their first kills were kids? Do you think somehow that's they... an interesting question? I don't know. I think there's actually more of a bond between Corey and Lori at the beginning of this movie, just because of how the community looks at the two of them. Yeah, that's, that's why fair. they bond together. Okay, yeah, I get that. They did it on purpose. Uh, let me fester on that one. Okay, I do have the scene where he meets Michael. Then maybe by then something will pop in. Fair, really let's do it. Say. So after that sequence, Allison has said she doesn't want to go to the party because she has no one to go with now. Because after the hand incident, taking her to the hospital, getting they get a little bit of a bond together. So she invites him to the party. I don't have a costume. Don't worry. I'll take care of it. They go to a bar that apparently the only reason why they brought Lindsay Wallace's character back now is now she owns a bar. And like she really serves no purpose in this movie. A lot happened in that one year. They get this dope radio station. The shit goes to bar. Well, this is actually uh, three years after the Corey killing. Um, so that was 2019. This movie takes place in 2022. Okay. So it's three years technically. Four years since Halloween, the events of Halloween Kills. So when they get to the Halloween party, and I, I just thought it was great when I saw it on the fucking in the big screen. Nick Castle played Michael Myers in the original Halloween. Mm-hmm. He's cameoed as Michael Myers in the 2018 Halloween. He's cameoed as Michael Myers in 2021's Halloween Kills. This is the first time he'll appear in a Halloween movie not with the Michael Myers mask. Nick Castle was the flasher who he says, see anything you like? That was the original Michael Myers. (laughs) Oh, man. And did you notice that during that scene that he does that same, like, like nod of the head thing when he's got the mask yeah. on, almost kind of like yeah. replicating it. Uh, That's awesome, though. That <laughs> yeah, I just thought that was a great. At least this time, somebody gets to we get to see his face in the mm-hmm. movie, yeah. as opposed to being behind the mask and his guts. Yeah. <laughs> well, he had guts for flashing because he's an old man. He's a flasher. So like there, are, I like I, I don't like the fact that like nowadays, anytime they show like a 
party sequence. Everything has to be fucking flashy. Like I understand strobes are a part of Halloween parties, yada, yada, yada. But not every light in the bar has to be flashing independently and shit. Because you really can't focus on anything. Like, I don't care if you're in a club, but when you're sh- doing a movie and you're supposed to be able to focus on shit, yeah. it makes it very hard. <laughs> and it actually kind of hurts the brain. Yeah, that, I, you just focus on everybody who you're trying to see if going to have a seizure or not during those bits <laughs> yeah. when you're in the theater. Like, oh, shit, we got one. So, And I like that when Corey goes back up to the bar to get a beer, of course, of all... Ugh. Jeremy's mother has yeah, to be there. Yeah, she's got a drinking problem now. She's hanging out at a bar yeah. with a bunch of young hip kids. And I, lo- I love the line, what gives you the right to come out and have fun? Who the fuck are you, bitch? <laughs> it was an accident. Get over it. <laughs> and it was three fucking years ago. <laughs> Let the kid move on with his fucking life. You like that town put him through hell. Let him just move on with his fucking life. They all hook up. That's what should have happened. Yeah, she's just pissed off that he didn't fuck her. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I thought it was going to turn into like a casting couch in that beginning scene, like they were going to go and, you know, there was like no gratuitous sex scenes in this where people die during it. There was hardly any killing. I mean, the some you know, there was a, it was graphic. It was gory in certain aspects, which was enjoyable. Yeah. But I don't know. That was it. Uh, so, do, you th- uh, do you think this is how Jamie Lee Curtis wanted it to end, dude? I honestly hope not. Like, I just hope, like... I honestly hope this is a big fucking dream and one day I'm going to wake up and this is not what this movie turned out to be. Yeah, right? She like does her own ending in like an, an uncut version or something. Oh, God. I don't know what the fuck. And like I said in the previous one, I'm like, I'm not going to put all the blame on Gordon Green and Danny McBride because once again, they brought two brand new fucking writers onto this movie and like, you can't do that. <laughs> Yeah. Keep the same group of writers when you're writing what you're calling a trilogy. Yeah. And they didn't even add any humor into any of the characters, really. There wasn't anybody that was like, you know, like how that like one little kid that was awesome. Yeah. And the other one, he was a total dick. They like kind of tried to do that with this little kid, but he just sucked at it. Um, Allison sucked, too. Her, I, her acting, I realized in this one. Really digressed really in this one. got worse, dude. Really digressed in um, this one. It's almost like she's acting... Because she has so many scenes with Corey, she's like, I have to act at his level. <laughs> yeah, but he sucked too. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. She was so good in the other ones that she, she had, had a come lower... down to his, <laughs> yeah. his suck level. Yeah. So after the mother fucking yells at his ass, him, Corey and Allison have a fight. He takes off. And who does he run into? The marching band. <laughs> oh, and the marching band starts fucking like, like, he says something like saying that his dad hates him or some shit, sh- such shit. And they literally just fucking toss him over the fucking bridge. Yeah, he got straight <laughs> yeeted over that bitch. That was great. And then, like I said, in that fucking Goodfellas voice, he tripped. He tripped. He <laughs> fell. I saw it. That's what I saw. <laughs> and, like, it was the stupidest. Like, the writing in this was like a teenager's fucking like, book report in high school. It's literally the quality of writing that it fucking seemed. They took it home and asked their children to write it. 
And then what would be scary? We get the shot of fucking Corey down on the ground. Oh, and then like something out of fucking Chud, cannibalistic humanoid underground drillers. He gets dragged into the fucking sewer pipe. That was I was like, what? Like Pennywise went and came and got his ass or something? (laughs) Like what the fuck? That was awful. Sorry, that scene sucks so bad. (laughs) Yeah, Michael is a killer he drags him into this tunnel that he's been hiding out like a mole man for fucking four years why wouldn't he kill him as soon as he got him in there yeah he's never let anybody wake up (laughs) now he's got like a sense of care like a judge of character he's like you know what this boy he just got picked on you know he just got chucked over this fucking bridge and and then when like Corey finally does come to he starts disoriented doesn't know where he's at starts walking down the fucking sewer tunnels then through a hole in the wall michael's arm comes shooting out picks him up pulls him close and they share a glance yeah they made they made a bromance and i actually have it written down in my notes as the psychic gaze Ooh. because what that scene implies is michael staring into Corey's eyes and he can see what he's been through. Yeah. Like he drank his blood like he was a vampire or something. Yeah. <laughs> and he is transferring some of him yeah. into Corey. Because then he gets all weak afterwards, too. Yes. And then Corey leaves, bumps into the old man, homeless man, who says, he takes people in there sometimes. Why'd he let you go? Is that implying that He's been getting Michael's hookers. been eating fucking homeless people. Well, yeah, because yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, they, well, there was no bones. Yeah. But he, he is a human being. He is. You would have to eat, and I didn't see a whole lot of rats down there. See, and I was, I thought of the same exact thing too. But if you're just this murderous, like dark energy that obviously can't die, do you really need to eat? You know, and but again, you know what? But he, that's the thing. He feeds off. He of the really kills. wasn't because, like, you saw how he was at the end of kills. Dude was a fucking beast was unstoppable when you see him in this movie he, well right because he hasn't been murdering he's been hiding i think he gets energy from the oh, kill that's what they imply yeah in it this is movie. Mm-hmm. that is exactly what they're implying in this movie so after the psychic gaze after the homeless man homeless man die he sorry. feeds him the homeless man yeah literally stabs the homeless man which gives i don't know if it gives michael power or if it's gonna give fucking Corey power, I assume Corey, because he's the one that did the stabby stabby. But then Corey goes off his merry way. Okay, so after this scene, Lori's in her house on the second floor. She's looking out the window and she looks down and by the bush, much like the scene from Halloween one, she sees Corey standing there and they just lock eyes. And I think this is the moment in the movie that we're supposed to pick up that Lori's beginning to not trust Corey as much. Yeah, seeing that she can see that he's evil. Yeah, that's kind of where I think they were trying to go with it. Mm-hmm. Did you pick up on that? Yeah, absolutely. She she, she knows murder, and she, she, she knows that he's seen him or something. She can kind of feel up his, like, you know, his uh, Michael vibes. Lori goes downstairs, goes out. Corey's gone. Then magically appears from behind her and like i said there's no fucking way that could happen he's a lot wider than fucking laurie strode is and there's yeah 
His teleportation. Whoever edited this movie should be shot in the back of the fucking head. But that's neither here nor there. So he's explaining to them that the bullies did this, the bullies did that, the bullies hit me with a wiffle ball bat, shit like that. <laughs> wicker, wicker, wicker. <laughs> he just wants to uh, Allison to go on a walk with him. He cries a bunch in this, like a bitch. Yeah. He, like he, a whole bunch of times. Yeah. Just like fucking Arnie Cunningham and Christine. Ah, <laughs> oh, God. So they go on their walk, and the first thing he says, I killed somebody. And I think this could have been a turning point for the character of Corey, because he was truly confessing to killing the homeless man. And she got a murder boner for him. And she felt sympathetic because she thought he was referring to the child from three years prior. See, I don't know. Because I that crossed my mind, but see, he, there's no way that she knows that he killed the the homeless man was dead. But they were already talking about like burn the fucking town down and shit. Like they hate everybody. Oh, that she was can after, see. that was after this. Oh, did it? That, that comes I, after. Mm. When they're sitting at the diner. I guess I gave her way more credit than for him. Like it kinda, comes up pretty soon though. It's yeah, like, like it's when the fucking douchebag cop boyfriend Doug Mullaney shows up. Oh right, at the was, diner, and he gets all shitty it all with down, them. I'll mm. light the match. Um, well, they were already talking about leaving, though. I think he was, wasn't he? Yeah, he said he needs to get the hell out of Haddonfield. Right. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't want to go alone. As bad as the acting was, I liked the character dynamic between Corey and Allison. Yeah, that's fair. I think it fit for what shit storm of a movie that this was. Yeah. It, it gelled right for this story. But only this part of the story, and we'll get into that because this is like three different movies in one fucking movie. Yeah, it's like, hey, you know what? It was a pile of shit, but at least the pile came together nicely. Honestly, when I was watching this the first time, it was like somebody, David Gordon Green was working on three projects. He had one script here, one script here, one script here. Somebody opened up his fucking office window and all the papers just went, whee! <laughs> Got all mixed together. And he just piled them up. And whatever the order of it was, that's the movie he fucking made. <laughs> Cha-ching. <laughs> yeah. And just made a hodgepodge movie. Because none of this is cohesive anyway. Fetch, fetch me actors. <laughs> I don't care who the fuck it is. And I, I like the scene. Where, again, like this whole movie is based on blame. Lori goes to Corey's house to talk to the mother. Lori blames her because her... her the the boogeyman her boogeyman got away so the town needed a new boogeyman it's like that's a fucking stretch how many people did michael myers kill and nobody cares about him anymore yeah but But this kid accidentally knocks a fucking brat over a fucking railing and oh my god (laughs) he's the psycho babysitter killer i think only they could have only pulled that line off with her character because of how Fucking over the top and bullshit she was. Oh, yeah. she yeah. Like, that mother... Oh, my God. Like, I, said, I don't know. She was molesting her son or something. Like, yeah, did you see that? She li- tried to kiss him on the yeah, lips? So, like, were they all incesty or something? Uh, all Norman Batesy or something? I have no fucking clue. But yeah. she was way too friendly with her son. Yeah, and the... The stepdad didn't really say anything about that. Or who's... You know, he's just like... I tried to kiss my motherfucking son. Well, yeah. like But you had fucking the bullies... Blaming Corey and Lori 
for all the crap around town. You had the fucking black lady blaming Lori. Mm-hmm. You had uh, Jeremy's mom blaming Corey. Corey and Lori. <laughs> then you had Corey's mom blaming Lori. It's like, Jesus Christ. I actually have it written down as a joke. The Newtown slogan, Haddonfield, come for the community, stay for the blame. Yeah, right. Point the fingers. Literally. Uh, so after Lori, we don't actually see her leave the Cunningham house, but um, we cut to the scene you, you were talking about. Our Corey and at Allison are sitting at the diner bar. I'm not exactly sure what it is. Uh, it's a hip joint. <laughs> yeah, it's something. <laughs> But let's leave it at that. Uh, at some point, her ex-boyfriend, Doug Melania, police officer, douchebag police officer for one. And the dude literally just looked like a D-bag. Yeah. His <laughs> acting sucked, too. And there's a line that later is like, you don't fuck with Doug Mullaney. And I referenced it to you while we were watching. That was a callback to Halloween Kills, the bullies that were fucking with um, Lonnie Elam. At the beginning, mm-hmm. that was the Mulaney kids. So that was like them all grown up, one yeah. of them. And it just goes to prove that if you're a fucking bully, you're just going to grow up to be a piece of shit cop. <laughs> O'Doyle rules. You, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is the Halloween's O'Doyle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he shows up and then Allison pretty much says, we're good, we're good, please. Just we're having a time together. Leave us alone, leave us alone. Corey's. You can see him getting a little more agitated, a little more agitated, then he just snaps. Yeah. I think this is the scene where that f- switch in his head is 100% flipped. Because, as you will see in a few, <laughs> Corey's pretty much on a killing for the rest of the fucking movie. He's just on a killing spree for the rest of the movie. Yeah. So after this sequence, like the, the cop, the good Haddonfield Sheriff's Department cop is following Corey like cops do, just follow people at random. Corey leads him to the sewers. He goes in and pretty much holds the cop for Michael to stab. And as Michael stabs the guy once, he starts like having an orgasm. Yeah, <laughs> like I his that. body starts to spasm like he's fucking coming in his fucking Yeah, that's what I saw too. And then he like stiffens back up real quick, looks straight at the fucking cop and just stabs away, stabs away, stabs away. So that's where Michael starts to come back. I feel like they were they were murder fucking. Like that was like Michael and Corey fucking through the stabbing of the cop. Because like he like gets all into it too. Like he's all breathing heavy and shit and like Michael keeps stabbing him. Kinda like in Probably the general area of where his dick might be, Corey's, behind the cop. Yeah. It was uncomfortable. The little sh- little shivers, the shutters. So after he takes the ex-boyfriend pretty much to the altar of Michael, Corey goes back to the Strode house to get a little boom-boom going on with fucking Allison. While they're in bed, I, I do like the question that he asked. or Before they go to the bed. It's when they're still downstairs. He asked her, did Michael let you live or did you escape? Because I think he's asking that question for himself. Did Michael let him live or did he just happen to escape Michael? Quite yet, I don't think he wants to admit that he's 
a killer. He's right. still trying to rationalize it. You don't think that was him telling her that he had a because he's all disheveled and she's like, fuck, are you OK? Oh, like I said, multiple times in this movie, I have a feeling that he's trying to confess shit to her. Yeah. Like he, he like I thought that was him saying, like, I've seen him, you know, because I don't know. That's exactly how I thought. Yeah. It, um, but I like what your point of view of it, too. Well, and, and with this fucking kid's delivery as an actor, God yeah. only knows what he's trying to fucking plot, <laughs> infer with his, the we way. We got to make shit up on our own, bro. It's, we're audiences. We just have to guess. When the story sucks, and you can't put shit together because it doesn't make sense. So they go upstairs. They do the little <laughs> horizontal mambo. As Allison is sleeping, Cor- Corey's still awake. He looks over at her, her dresser and, and sees a scarecrow mask. It cuts to Lori at the at Lindsay's bar, and they're talking back and forth, talking back and forth. So she's pretty much saying that Corey seems different. His eyes aren't his eyes and shit like this. Hey, I saw the same look in Michael's eyes. And Lindsay says, there's someone I need you to, uh, you should meet. So Lindsay takes her over to the other side of that opening scene. The father. That was the dad, right? Yeah. Of the son that he killed? And like the father was a huge proponent of Corey saying, I know he it was didn't an accident. kill my son. Yeah. It was an accident. And the dad said, and this is a direct quote, because he, I guess he saw him walking. At, this would have been after he left, after he killed the homeless man. Okay. In the timeline. The best I can piece together. Mm-hmm. He saw him walking. He was like, I really wanted to try to help him give him words of wisdom. So I pulled over to say something, but that his eyes were different. That was not the, the boy who mowed our lawn did not kill my son. Right. This was not the same. Yeah. He's changed. Yeah. Yeah. Something in him has changed. So he just drove off scared shitless. And this pretty much gives Lori all the confirmation she fucking wants. Right. Do you think that's what gave her like full confirmation that Corey's? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, my mind. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're good. My, <laughs> my mind started wandering for a second. You were yeah. looking at me like I had lobsters crawling no. in my ears. Uh, <laughs> just, just the crabs. Um, but um, yeah, I think that was what she needed to hear. Um, I honestly, what I was really thinking about is how funny it is that the boy's parents were both at different bars, but they weren't together. So I just my mind started thinking. Oh like no, maybe it was they, the same bar, just uh, different. Nights. Oh, is it okay? Well, so it was still Lindsay's bar. Oh, different nights. Yeah, still they're they're not there together. <laughs> my just imagine that maybe they got a divorce over it. Now they're both alcoholics. Honestly, that's kind of how I take it is that they got divorced because they, obviously they sold the house. Yeah, and she was giving you know the little babysitter guy like cougar fuck me vibes. So yeah, yeah, I could see that. Um, so Barry, sorry to answer your question. Yeah, I think it's exactly the confirmation that she needed to be like, see, it's not just me. Like other motherfuckers see this. Yeah, it's just kid as being a murderous motherfucker. <laughs> so then we go to like the next sequence. Piss. Again, it's one that just fucking boggles my mind and pisses me the fuck off. We go to Dr. Mathis's house. He comes in with the fucking ditzy bitch that got the promotion at work. And she's like, all she cares about is money because when she comes in, she's looking around. Oh, my God, this house is really rich. Yeah. She had one purpose. And he tells her, like, oh, go to the bedroom. There's 
something special for you. You can take a shower, freshen up, and I'll meet you there. Trying to be all suave, even though he's an old, fucking ugly-ass bastard. She starts hearing noises, turns the shower off, goes outside, sees Corey and the Scarecrow, like plastic, old-school, 70s-style Scarecrow Halloween mask, killing the fuck after, out of Dr. Mathis. Going to town with him, that corkscrew. She runs inside. Shuts the fucking glass door, locks it. Now, I don't know about you. A glass door wouldn't have stopped Michael. <laughs> yeah. So this is a terrible, terrible substitute for Michael Myers. But this is the part that pissed me off. Michael appears from behind her and then kills the girl. I did like the homage back to the first one, the knife to the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Michael doesn't need to be part of a fucking tag team. <laughs> so, okay, so you bring up a good point. So was Corey then being a distraction just because banging on the glass and shit did it up because he knew that Michael was going to creep into the back? Or was that a surprise to Corey to see him? No, he definitely had to have brought Michael there. They went out killing together. Yeah, he had to have brought him there. There's yeah. no fucking... Because Michael hasn't left the fucking tunnels. Show me how to so kill So how would he know where... Allison's boss lives. There's no fucking way. Yeah, but Michael just goes psychically kinetic. No, Michael just knows, dude. He knows all. He's dude. He gets energy from all the murders and all the souls that he eats with his weapons, right? He just, he's just, he just knows. He his murder takes him. God, this movie sucks. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, trust me. I'm just trying to get to the end here. Yeah, and then we we can just bash this. Uh, Just show me, show me how to do it. I just want to actually like rip apart scene by scene. Yeah, I get it. I go on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the next sequence, we have fucking Allison and Corey. For some reason, after like he just murdered the fucking doctor, now they're sitting on top of a radio station. How does that fucking happen? You know, it's horror movie time. <laughs> the, the time dilation the, the, does not exist. That's uh, that's what you do. You murder your poppy. He's going to teach you to kill people. Old Michael. He's uh, You look up to him. I'm going to be this copycat guy. And then I go chill on the rooftop with my girlfriend and be emo. This is where I go to cry. So they go there. He jumps off. She thinks he's crazy. He goes to the fucking ground. I don't know if you caught it. It was very subtle work on the actor's part. He's laying on the ground. He's flat on his back. Then he does the Michael straight sit Yeah, up. I saw that. Does the straight Michael sit-up. He was testing his powers by jumping off the roof, <laughs> right. I think, too. He was trying to see how invincible he was. <laughs> right. And this is where they get the confrontation with the fucking DJ, who's also Captain Blame Game, just fucking... Everybody in this wants to blame everybody for something and don't take responsibilities. Like, just fucking threatening the two of them for stupid fucking reasons. <laughs> this character is so fucking. The only, literally, the only reason why this radio station exists in this movie is to get Allison to go back to the fucking house. If you caught that. Because he always goes there when he's feeling bad. And she gets out of her car when she sees the tower in the distance set ablaze after, yeah. after Corey is killed. Oh, and I just honestly thought that the character was just a douche so that way you could see him get killed over the radio. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's all I That pictured. character was only there for that. But yeah. the station itself was there to get Allison back to the Strode house at mm. the end. And it's really kind of even creepy because 
in this scene, you see that Lori's been stalking her granddaughter. It, like, I understand stalking Corey. If your granddaughter's with him, don't do that. There's lines you don't fucking cross. Yeah, it just shows how overbearing she's and overprotective, you know, of the whole situation. She doesn't. She, that's like the only, all the family she's got left, right? That's it. Just Allison. Yeah. Everybody else is dead. I could see her being overprotective, um, or just shitty writing, or a good healthy mixture of both. Yeah. <laughs> then after this whole fucking series of events, Corey goes home. And this is where we were talking about the mom. She's like, I can smell her on you. I can smell her on you. She's trying to take you away from me. She's trying to take you away from me. And it's, if you want to be with her, get out. Get the fuck out. And that's how the mom smacks her, smacks him upside the head. Then goes, oh, my baby, my baby. And then runs off. Like, she's the one who's fucking Looney Tunes. Yes. Absolutely Looney Tunes. Then again, I think the only character outside of Allison that actually cares for Corey is the stepfather, just sitting in the chair eating, watching TV. So someday I hope you find love. <laughs> yeah, I was. You cannot for a, for the fans and for the viewers and the watchers of horror films, you cannot make a character that fucking awful and then not show them die on screen. Just seeing her body stabbed up a couple of times and him creep up on oh, her. Oh, yeah, because they did like the... I was so pissed off. I yeah. wanted to see her die. She earned it so much, dude. Yeah. I fucking agree. stare up the shit out of that bitch like we all wanted to see. Right. Right? Like, why? Why take that from us? I com- why? I completely agree with that. Like, it was bullshit. You, you actually get the fucking opening of Halloween, him walking through the house, reaching for the fucking yeah. knife from the drawer, going uh-huh. up behind her. She turns and screams. Yeah. You can and then, see the reflection of his ass, even. You yeah. know, all the, the build up. Yeah, it's, cool. Give us the build up. Give us the payoff. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> it's like I got like blue balls, but for murder. I guess bloody murder balls. God, that was bullshit. Should have fucking killed her on screen. So after this sequence. Once again, Corey goes back to the sewers. And I honestly don't know how this scrawny ass motherfucker is going to overtake fucking Michael and get his mask mask off. I am really. They should have played that. While they're fighting back and The old Benny Hill thing. Yes, that's what they should have done. That's what I pictured watching that sequence. Yeah, it's kind of like. It was so stupid. Here we go this way. Then back to the right. Back yeah. to the left, back to the right. Yeah. And then finally gets into the ground, takes the mask. And as soon as Corey leaves, of course, Michael Does sits it. right up. He's got abs of steel, man. And starts turning towards the camera. And right before we get a glimpse of his face, it cuts away to something else. And immediately we go to the... <laughs> I can't even say this with a straight face. The marching band bullies <laughs> coming yeah. out of a convenience store again goes to their car and it says psycho on the scratch into the hood of this fucking convertible and i will say this you probably you haven't seen though i do respect the the reference to that car because there was a character in halloween 5 that actually drove that exact same car nice and it gets scraped up in the side and okay goes fucking psycho so they chase him down Corey leads him to the salvage yard they get a bright idea. It's like, oh, this will show him. This will show him. We're going to destroy his motorcycle. Guy goes off to hook a chain up to their car. Doesn't come back. 
douchebag leader number one goes check finds out the fucker's dead headlights of a truck straight out of fucking christine turn on turn on run two of them down (laughs) guy comes like the stepfather's who was at the house eating moments earlier now he's at work watching tv i'm not even gonna ask why they all have michael's teleport powers you gotta understand that but that's fine uh (laughs) starts banging on the window he sees him the stepfather hands the kid a gun he takes a handgun goes to investigate sees his stepson standing there holding michael myers mask trying to help the girl underneath the fence douchebag pulls the rifle and even at this he knows what his stepson has done tries to protect his stepson stands up and takes a bullet through the fucking head that's a character who did the only character that cared for the fucking kid did not deserve to fucking die here <laughs> yeah and i think that bullet might have went through and got um old uh oh old with Corey. that rifle yeah 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 it wasn't a 22 rifle no let's put it that way <laughs> yeah and I, did you notice the fact that like bullet hit dad dad falls backwards and then he's gone he's gone yeah no his, his teleport powers in this one are next level dude <laughs> right? he does just kind of come on screen and just disappear come on screen disappear the original anyways when it was good yeah it i honestly think i did like the call back to the 2018 halloween when he just smacked, like stomps the shit out of fucking that chick's head under the under the fence under the fence. yeah that was great and i like the the welding torch to the guys oh dude. i just wish we would have saw more of that yeah i wish we would have saw more of well that. okay so if we're going to it would have been nice to see every single death that was well deserved like be like that one but i think the bully and and the fucking band geek did get what was and that was a great kill very very great um and making the girl watch it first too that was pretty sick um I just pictured when I saw the uh, the tow truck mob by, I was just picturing, I think, Hellraiser, because I think there's a tow truck in Hellraiser. Yeah, and I was yeah, like, oh, yeah. my God, it's the same one. Um, they kill everything. Yeah, so after that, Corey goes to kill the mother. Then he goes to kill the DJ. And I will say, I did like that scene. <laughs> Killing the DJ? Smashing his fucking face against the yeah, fucking turntable. Yeah, that was nice. Till his jaw looks like fucking the scream mask and cuts his tongue out. <laughs> yeah. And I like the fact that they're playing I Was a Teenage Werewolf. Then every time the tongue comes around, it skips the needle. Yeah. <laughs> it just keeps skipping. They played a lot of surfer music, like creepy surfer music in it. I feel like this. Oh, fucking I Was a Teenage Werewolf on every fucking Halloween party CD that was ever fucking released. Nice. See, and that's the thing is like they, they've got certain elements into it that sound like they did a good job at like making it for the fans. You know what? But everything else around those was just trash. Like essentially. Yeah. So at this point, Lori and Allison have an argument. Allison blames Lori for her mom and dad's death, leaves the house. She looks very, very distraught, calls in a suicide, hides, puts the gun to her head, then puts the gun under her chin. Then it separates and we see the wall. And I don't know if you know what blood looks like. I knew as soon as she that gunshot went off, that wasn't blood. That looked like pumpkin guts. <laughs> Anybody that would think that would be blood is grade A retarded. Well, you don't got to be smart to just go on a murderous rampage. So Corey goes in there. She shoots him twice. And another callback to the original movie. I like the fact that she was wearing 
the same clothes that she wore in the in, in that movie as well. Oh, okay. If you, yeah, you didn't. I didn't the, picture that. No, the I didn't see it. Blue button up and the high waisted jeans. <laughs> so it was full circle, I guess, on that one. And then like the like the whole final battle between Lori and Michael. Like I understand Michael because like for this entire franchise, he is portrayed as impenetrable, immortal, like. Nothing can stop him. Mm-hmm. 1978, let's say Lori was 18. 44 years later, she's 62. That bitch was taking some hits that she should not have been able to just get up from. I don't care how strong you are. There's no way in hell she would be able to take those fucking hits. No, remember, they're each other's horcrux. So they actually have each other's strength and energy inside each other. And I did like the karmic justice in this one where she grabs the knitting needle, goes to fucking stab him, and yeah. Michael takes it and just shoves it right in her fucking ear. It's like, yeah. you stabbed me in the neck last time, I'm going to fucking hit you this Payback time. is a bitch. <laughs> I'm going to knit your face, ho. And like, I just ends up fucking stabbing him, pinning him like a fucking... Just look fucking ridiculous on the table. It was Baphomet, homie. Yeah. Takes the fucking mask off, J- or Jason. I'm mixing up my franchise. <laughs> uh, Michael slits his throat. That last line was awful, by the way. That last line that she says, now you're just going to be a, a guy oh, with yeah. his neck. You're just a man. Now you're a man who's going to take his last breath. Yeah, that was fucking garbage. And then after he gets his throat slit, rips his hand open, grabs Lori by the fucking throat, and is choking the life out of her. And I really wish it would have done what she said. It's like, do it. Yeah. Do it. She, both she wanted it. She wanted she it. She totally wanted it. But no, Allison had to come save the fucking grandmother. It wasn't the way Michael should have been taken out. Oh, my God. You know what they could have done is they both could have died. Right. You could have had um, you could have Lori and Michael both die. And then the daughter stays alive. Allison's still alive. And then they then take her and make her the new Michael Myers, you know, because they would totally would have done some bullshit like that because it's a oh, girl yeah. and like, you know, oh, it's like, da, 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 da. like, like that would have been so awful. But if they had done that just to like add the extra garbage to this film by doing that, I don't know how much extra garbage this movie they, that would have topped it, dude. Movie that would have topped garbage. it, making the the daughter. Alyssa lives on the legacy for Mike for Michael Myers on her own, and it becomes like her. Oh my god, that would have been okay. And then after they fucking they kill Michael, it. they slit his fucking throat, slit his wrist just for good fucking measure. Then they do a fucking death parade yeah. down the like escorted by the police to the salvage yard, and they put him in the. Why? What we want to make sure he's dead. You have to put him on display so everybody can see that the bad man is. And technically speaking, she did just murder a man, right? Yeah. <laughs> I want to see that court. Yeah. That court trial. Excuse me, did you kill that man? Well, I did drive him down, you know, for everybody to see that I did murder him. Totally innocent. I didn't do it. I found him like that. Yeah, well, technically, they would have a case on Corey because there's no proof that he did that to himself when he stabbed himself in the throat. That's There's fair. no proof with that. And he technically never tried to kill her. Never attacked her at all. Corey? Yeah, Corey. He, her, he attacked her in the uh, when he she was upstairs, opened no. up the door. No. Oh, and she he the door opened, she shot him. Yeah. He never does anything. <laughs> mm. 
Unless it's a fucking stand your ground state and you can shoot anyone that breaks into your fucking house. Yeah. But I don't know the policy. It was definitely, it was Lori versus a whole lot of other people except Michael in this one. Like every (laughs) single person. This was Lori's final battle with everybody but Michael. Yeah, everybody had the biggest problem with her. And that's still, I just don't understand how nobody fucking understood. Obviously, a bunch of people died. There was people involved. And everybody just completely blames Lori for everything. And like, they don't. There was not a whole lot of sympathy or even empathy really for her no. her character at all. She's this tortured person. All. I don't know. That sucks. So then we get one last scene between Frank and Lori. And again, the goddamn cherry blossoms are fucking brought up. Yeah, we're going to get you a cherry blossom tattoo after this. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> we end with more fucking Lori narration saying that evil never really dies. It just changes shape. And that's when they cue to Allison walking away in the distance with the, the Michael Miles gear on right. to go murder. And then they end the movie. And I, I respect it because I love the song and it was in the original. End credits to Don't Fear the Reaper. This is the only movie in the entire 13, well, 12. I don't, you can't put it in three. 12 Halloween movies that have Michael Myers that did not start their credit sequence with the fucking Halloween thing. Mm. You always do the first part of the fucking credit sequence with that, then put whatever fucking song you are. Right. But <clears throat> now you were saying add as much bullshit as you could into this. I read an interview about what the original written ending of this movie was. Oh. To understand, I have to give you an idea of what the per, uh, the plot of Halloween 3 season of the witches. Mm-hmm. The basic gist of that, it's about a factory in Santa Mira, California, that makes Halloween masks. Okay. And said Halloween masks are the, the pumpkin, the witch, and the skeleton that you see in the fir- 2018 and Halloween Kills. Silver Shamrock is ran by Colonel Cochran, who is a fucking Druidic, Druidic, Druid warlock. Okay. And wants to kill everyone in the fucking world. End of story. Joseph Gordon, or Joseph Gordon Green. David Gordon Green wanted the original ending to this is after all, after the death of Corey and after the death of Michael, Mm -hmm. it was going to end at the Silver Shamrock factory and the machines are just pumping out the fucking the skeleton mask, pumpkin mask, witch mask, skeleton mask, pumpkin mask, witch mask. Then all of a sudden it starts pumping out Michael Myers masks. I think if they would have ended it that way, I probably would have killed everyone in the theater. Yeah, that is actually a considerably worse. <laughs> and he considered that too much fan service. Like nobody wants Silver Shamrock in a Michael Myers movie. <laughs> and no one no one really liked that one, right? Not until many years later. Yeah. Like he modeled this movie after the one that everybody hated when it came out. Where is the fucking logic in that? Don't... Is he hoping that 20 years down the line, everyone's going to fucking love this movie? I'm happy I made that in 2022, because in 2042, they're going to fucking love it. There's some spite he's got inside uh, to the fans or something. Maybe for being shit on. No, literally, I think this is a big fuck you to the fans. Yeah. It ends for everybody. Now you guys can stop shitting on me. And I've been waiting this... to get to the end of this to say this 
where's the fucking Halloween score? Yeah. I, they, they, yeah. There was no Michael theme. There was no Lori theme. Barely had the fucking Halloween theme in there. Yeah, I think when he was reaching down to get his mask, uh, they should have started playing it then because that now he's got his mask on. He's going to do John what he Carpenter does now. was redoing his score from Christine. Uh, I guarantee if you go, you watch Christine, listen to the score. I'm like, this movie, oh my God. And I've watched this three times. And like I said, this is me calm down. (laughs) (laughs) I can see this movie for what it is now. You're like, I got 86 out of two bars (laughs) after watching this because I was so angry. I was going and telling people how much I hated it and they just didn't understand. Uh, yeah, it probably could have ended that way, but no. <laughs> but I will say this. I think the look of this movie, the cinematography of this movie, is consistent with the others in spite of the fact that this one mostly takes place during the day or the other one's majority took place at night. Yeah, it had. I did see. You are correct, but but I feel like the scenes that made me feel like that they were paying like you know tribute to how the first one was filmed, um, or you know the earlier ones. I only saw little glimpses of it, and then I feel like some of the other scenes were just kind of shitty and like unnecessary. They were trying to be artsy, but and it was oh, just like yeah. a little over the top. But there was definitely glimpses, and even some of the side scrolling like bits, uh, bits. It was. It was nice. I will give it credit for that. It wasn't me, just me. But only little or sections. Or did all the scenes with fucking uh, Corey and fucking Allison on the motorcycle? That was straight up fucking oh, yeah. Bella and fucking Jacob. Twilight. <laughs> right? Yeah. Teenage love scene. Oh, God. <sighs> it, it was just, it was hard, dude. It, that's not how I wanted it to end. <sighs> I don't think that's how anybody wanted that franchise to end. And everyone said, well, well we saw how that movie ends now we know there's never gonna be another halloween movie bullshit 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 there might not be another david gordon green fucking danny mcbride halloween but i know for a fact that malika cod has it in his contract and clause that michael myers will never be killed off maybe in this timeline but you can always bring him back in that original timeline and follow up from resurrection you can always bring a character back in horror. <laughs> Just doesn't have to be in this current timeline. So they never really die, bro. No, fuck no. You can I, never kill off your fucking, your flagship fucking characters. I feel like Lori was like part of like, like Michael's Anonymous, where she was like telling her story about this problem that she's had her whole entire life and she just can't shake it. And it's like a demon on her back. And she actually had a drinking problem, which then she stopped and then started again. Um, <laughs> and she had a drinking problem in two different Halloween timelines. So she was also an alcoholic and fucking H2O. Oh, bitches. <laughs> See, keeping it alive. Self-medication. <laughs> what do we take away from this, kitties? Michael Myers turns you into a drunk. <laughs> yeah, and a murderer. And he's so infectious. It, I don't know. See, I, I mm. honestly, I did not like that transference shit. I mean, it doesn't work. So yeah. Michael, yes, there's the element of supernatural with every Halloween movie because how many times he's been blown up, shot, stabbed, name it, and still kicking. But to literally have 
the scene where he's being able to see Corey's past makes no goddamn sense. <laughs> and then you literally see, like, they get close enough to Michael's eyes where you see sympathy in Michael's eyes, and that's when he lets him go. And Michael would never show. This. And then I think that's where I got that idea from of if, if he was able to see his past and see that, you know, Corey also killed a kid. It's like, oh, you and I are kind of the same because I just went and looked through your your past eyeball experience exchange that we just had. And I know that you kill kids, so we're cool now. I'll teach you how to kill other people because you killed a kid also. <laughs> that's that's where that idea came from. Yeah. What is, you just it, it yeah, didn't what, make any sense. None of it made sense. At the end of the day, the big question is this. Would you recommend it? Would you watch it again? Rank one to ten. I wouldn't recommend it. I mean, I would only recommend it if you know, because it doesn't do service to the like it's it's offensive to tell people to go see it, especially if they've been into the films. But if you haven't been into the films, you're you're and you don't really have a following. You don't know shit about it. Kind of like how I came into this whole situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have been content probably seeing the first one and then maybe like like the original, like second or third one, like not in this timeline, because in this timeline, the first one, I think, is... And the second one are, are amazing-ish. Well, the first one is just so much better. Um, I wouldn't see this again. Oh, and if I was to see it again, it would just to, again, maybe find some more things to bitch about it with you. Um, ranking, I don't even know, bro. Like, I honestly think that if you watch it again, you'll kind of be like me. You'll, you'll, it's a little easier on it. Because <laughs> like yeah. I said, this was me 150 times beneath how pissed off i was on the 14th floor. yeah and not even being like a long time like dedicated fan like you are like even just being a complete idiot to all of this shit and seeing it and just like you just see what the shit show that turned yeah out man again I, I i it's it's heartbreaking because the first one was so fucking tight and then this is where it ends and again it might just have something to do with the fact that i hate current shit no, and I so the can't say i disagree with like I, I feel like that they had f- they could have done so much more and so much less uh, and probably gotten so much more for doing so much less. Like this story was just, I don't know. Nah, I don't know if I had to rank it um, like a three or something. I, I, I don't, I don't know. Um, it is yeah, what it is, no, brother. I honestly think that's fair. Um, just cause he was so fucking cool. Like Michael Myers was a badass. And they turned him into a weak bitch in this one. Yeah, world. man. And it's just like you, you take a couple of years off of murdering people and you lose all your murder, like madness. The fact that he gets, and, he gets taken down and overcome by somebody who gets taken down and overcome by fucking marching band bullies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Give me a fuck. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to have, I have two ways I'm going to rank, rank this. Okay. Do I recommend it? No. Not as a Halloween movie and not as a horror movie. Okay. Because I don't think it was well made. I think the writing was shoddy as hell. Didn't know what it wanted to do. It was all over the place. It couldn't keep itself straight. Special effects weren't bad, though, I think, in it. No, I enjoyed Yeah, I really enjoyed the effects. Mm -hmm. But that's the... And most of the cinematography. Some of the soundtracks were okay. Some of it. Some of it didn't fit at all. No. Ranking it as a run-of-the-mill horror movie. 
knowing nothing about the Halloween franchise, I think there's worse movies out there for you to watch. I honestly do. So in that ranking point, I'd probably give it a 5.5 out of just a generic horror movie. Okay. As a Halloween movie, I'm going to say this is definitely not the worst Halloween movie in the entire Halloween franchise. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you've seen them all. It's definitely not the worst. But, yeah, just with how it was a slap in the face to what they were promising us and to give us something completely fucking different. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, people on the internet, backlash, I don't give a fuck. Well, you didn't get what you wanted and they just went another direction with it. Boo fucking who. No, you boo fucking who. (laughs) I've been watching this movie longer than you've been sucking on your mama's TV. That's right. Okay? So, when you're literally starting this trilogy... In 2018, and four years ago, you say where it's going to end. End there. And, and just because Michael did fight fucking Laurie, you know that's not what the fucking fans want. <laughs> you yeah. know that. So, yeah, 2.53, if I'm being fucking generous. And that's still, like I said, not the worst Halloween film in the Halloween franchise. That honor goes to Rob Zombie's Halloween. Oh, two. that's right. I forgot. I still haven't seen those yet. <laughs> oh, you're not missing much. Yeah. I like his some film style and shit though. And I like I like what he does. I know that the story completely kills it, so I'm hoping like his... He makes Michael Myers talk. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Are the murders gratuitous? Like are they gory over the top? Oh, like... they're way over the top. Okay, well then that just I wish that like just for comedic relief when they shoved him to that grinder it had just been like a over the top like evil dead 2 right. like like or even I was half army of darkness that. I was just the blood that. to blast out you I know just like end it on a good note right yeah. end it with me laughing that would have been st- totally stupid and ridiculous but yeah. it would have been amazing um oh, i completely agree <laughs> sorry with that. i know it kind of went on a random just oh, like no, end tangent fine. there fine, just popped in my head <laughs> no i think the issue with the whole eight, Rob Zombies is who they cast to play Michael. They cast a fucking seven foot guy. Mm. That's way too big to be fucking Michael. They got Taylor Maine, who was a Chewbacca WWE wrestler. Oh, nice. WCW back in the day as well. That's neat to be here. All right. I've had enough talking about this piece of shit. Uh, let's wrap it up and get our ass out of here. Go ahead. All right, y'all. Thank you for listening, and we'll uh, we'll catch you next time. Yep. Thank you for tuning in, and next week we'll be back with <laughs> round two of 2022's Hellraiser. Let's see how it goes this time. Hopefully it comes out. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> and as always, till next time, kitties. Thank you for listening to this. Come back to the Movie Pit Podcast each week for a new movie review podcast. The Movie Pit is produced by Ryan Ozer-Johnson and Seth Chapman. 
The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual hosts and may not reflect the views of RMJ Media Incorporated. See you next week.